and welcome back to episode nine of the Big Gay Comfy Couch podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening in. Um, I've been surprised to hear that, um, you know, people are listening. Yeah, of course. Don't hear your beautiful voice. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's it. Yeah, but we're yeah going into the ninth episode, and I think we've covered some great topics. And today we are going to be. Uh, covering some gay icons or icons of the past and their stories. Yeah, so um, obviously we talk about like a lot of gay-related topics on the podcast, um, and this one was just one that came to mind that I thought would be fun just to talk about um, some age-old icons, you know, that made a difference in our community or for whatever reason, became known for being themselves. Yeah. Um, so to you, what what is an, a gay icon? Um, a couple of the icons that I picked out were um, individuals who historically have kind of pushed the needle in terms of um, providing more rights um, and freedoms that we have today and have kind of been more like more milestone Ask people. Um, so that's kind of what I see as a gay icon. And I know you can, you can definitely describe other people that are just like good allies or entertaining or fun, support the community as well. So there's, yeah, there's different lenses to, to define it for sure. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like just people who lived, um, authentically themselves, um, in like their identities or who for one reason or another became visible publicly because of it and like had to kind of endure the weight of that mm -hmm. and deal with the repercussions uh, in a couple of the icons that I chose that was kind of the case is that they were persecuted um, but yeah why don't you start off with one of yours because I think yours are going to be fun sure <laughs> yours are going to be fun too Mine are fun to, to learn about, for sure, but it's, like, a little heavier, kind of, like, what happened to them. Hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think, well, I wouldn't say mine are... Uh, well, yeah. Regardless, um, the first one that I picked was Mar Marsha P. Johnson, and if you don't know who this person is, is she um, is uh, a trans woman but was also a drag queen uh, in New York um, during the kind of Stonewall riots era. Um, not only was she very big in the community in terms of her uh, dance and artistry, she was also a really big um, human rights activist, especially around the trans community. And she'd been arrested over a hundred times um, going to different rallies and um, it had been rumored that she threw the first brick through the Stonewall Inn during the Stonewall riots, but I don't know if that's ever been verified. Um, but she's that prolific that, you know, she's someone who's made such an impact from the beginning or the, the beginnings of our, um, you know, human rights campaign that we've been going on for decades and decades to just gain more freedoms and equality uh, all over the world. So... Um, yeah, that's basically her, her bio. Yeah, so talk about the Stonewall Rides a little bit for people who don't know what those are. 
Yeah, so the Stonewall riots were really um, a time of conflict when uh, this police force were trying to uh, raid a bar, and it had been that had been kind of like the common practice during the times because it was illegal to be gay at the time, and like a lot of these um, speakeasies or bars were like technically not allowed, but it was New York, and like they just did it anyway. But it was the first time that really like the community decided to like kind of fight back against like the you know enforcement that's supposed to be like like helping citizens but is act- actively like working against them so it was the first like ig- ignition of uh really everything that goes into like pride and like fighting for like equality and um and human rights really like regarding the lgbtq plus community so yeah yeah yeah, I think at the time, like, bars and bathhouses were getting raided um, quite frequently by police. And, um, yeah, pe- you know, arrests would be made. I think they even had police officers, like, who would try and bait people into, like, you know, trying to hook up with them or, like, get them to somehow admit that they were gay and then they would arrest them. And I don't know what at that point you could charge them for. Um, like, I guess, like, homosexual acts of some sort? I think so, yeah. Was it, like, gross indecency kind of thing? Um, I don't know the specifics of what people were charged with, but I do know that it was, um, largely, like, illegal at the time, so you could, um, like, charge on those grounds, but I'm not sure exactly what it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there were components where, like, you know, people could be, like, police could go into people's homes and, like, even in Canada, like, could, like you know, pull people out of their homes and, like, arrest them for, like, being with another man, like, in bed if they were, like, same sex or, like, even in the same house or rumored have been told by a neighbor that they were even if they weren't or... I don't know. So it's just, like, crazy times. But, uh, yeah, Marsha was definitely, like, you know, obviously, like, if you get arrested a hundred times, you're... you're really, like, you know... A hundred times. That's, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and imagine being, like, a like relatively out trans woman trans black woman yeah. trans black woman at that time yeah. it's like crazy how much like bravery that would take to live your life yeah like openly mm-hmm. and like be yourself in those times like think about in today's day and age how many people still have trouble coming out and being themselves just because it is it's like a personal journey but imagine, like, back then, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we were at a board game cafe, and they had a cocktail named after her. And I think that's kind of fitting, because, you know, she'd probably like to drink. <laughs> and dance, and yeah. Yeah. Live her life, for Go sure. Go to bars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, she's a very famous name, for sure. Yeah. Do you want me to do my second one, or do you want to do one? Mm, maybe let's alternate, sure. I guess. So I guess I'm going to start with Oscar Wilde, because he's, like, the furthest back. He's mm-hmm. kind of, like, 1850 to 1900s era. Um, so, yeah, he was born in um, Ireland, kind of, like, an upper-class family in, like, I think, like, 1845 or around there. And then he slowly kind of, as he became older, became, like, a really famous and popular Victorian playwright. Um, 
and writer, so he's famous for, like, the book The Picture of Dorian Gray, which is, like, a very well-known piece of literature, which has, like, kind of... It's really about, like, a gay relationship, but it's kind of, like, masked as... It's, like, a little bit under the surface, but not that far. Um, and, and then also The Importance of Being Earnest, which are really... Um, I haven't uh, delved into that one, but, like, he's a legend for his writing and stuff. But I guess what ended up happening is, like, he was kind of of this era where it was, like, all about hedonism, like, art for the sake of being art. So people just, like, it was a very, like, indulgent culture. Anyways, he got into a romance with this guy. I think his name was Douglas, Alfred Douglas or something like that. Um, And it was, like, a heated romance. And I guess the guy's dad found out about it, who was like a, was it Marques? Is that how you pronounce it? Some sort of like nobleman. And the guy left like Oscar Wilde as like a sodomite on a calling card or something like a, I don't know exactly what it is, um, at one of his clubs. And so Oscar Wilde decided to take him to court for libel, like, um, you know, when someone says something about you that's not true. Defamation. Defamation. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he decides to take him to court for defamation. And then it ends up being proven that he was gay or whatever at the time. So then he got incarcerated because of it. Um, but just lots of interesting quotes that I read about in that like court courtroom and stuff. Because they were originally trying to just, like, quote his books and things to, like, prove he was gay. But then they eventually got into, like, his relationships with men and stuff. And I I don't know exactly how they managed to prove it for the sake of the time. But he got charged with, um, I think, gross indecency. Which is, like, I think, like, is that giving a blowjob? I don't know. It does not necessarily. It can be, like, um... I think just being, like, exposed in public in some capacity, it's kind of like a general blanket term. I don't know what it would have been in 1845 or whatever this time being. You might have just, like, had a t-shirt on. Okay, so here's what it's defined as, according to my Google search. Um, any act which an ordinary, decent person would find shocking, disgusting, or revolting. Um, so I guess just, like... But it was like you did something sexually that we don't approve of. Even though they, like, I don't know if they could have proved any of that. But I think so many people got arrested and put in jail because of that stuff. Even though it was never like it's not like they had physical evidence, right? Like there's no, it's not like they were doing DNA samples and like they were just like like oh we just assume that you guys were together. Yeah, it's like basically like a witch hunt. I feel like. Yeah, which is of the times. So then he was incarcerated for two years, and he went into decline. Like his popularity declined. I yeah, think he wrote a couple, um, a couple famous like letters and things like that in prison, and then and eventually ended up dying in Paris. And I believe he wanted to be buried in Paris, not London, because I think he had obviously a lot of resentment towards. Um, England at the end of his lifetime. And was he buried in England? No, I think France. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, he was really famous. Um, if you read The Picture of Dorian Gray, I would recommend it. It's a very interesting book and um, an interesting story. The 
the tea as old as time. Very nice. Well, that's interesting. I didn't uh, know the full story, so it's good. Very, uh, very interesting. Yeah, okay, so who's your yeah. second gay icon? Um, I picked Harvey Milk, so... Okay, I don't know this, so I'm, I'm interested to learn about yeah. it. Yeah, so, I mean, if anyone has doesn't know that much about Harvey Milk, I recommend the movie called Milk. Um, it's quite good. It's fairly new. Um, Dustin Lance Black, it was one of his bigger, you know, productions. He won an Oscar for it. Um, but it's largely about the, um, the first out mayor, and I'm pretty sure this was the mayor of New York, Harvey Milk, um, who was openly gay, like through his, um, uh, time with, in, uh, government and he struggled a lot like he you know would get roadblocked a lot and it's hard it was definitely hard at the time to like win over um especially on the government side like internally like get people on his side get things certain things passed through for the city um people just like basically didn't like him because of his sexuality like at the time so i think that it was interesting to just see someone like be open about who they were even when it wasn't maybe he didn't necessarily have to be like he could have been closeted but he just you know chose to live his authentic self and i think that like paved the way especially um new york being the city that it is um to really you know gain a lot of like you know freedoms and equality and push things forward um during during that time um but then Ultimately, he I, he did a lot of rallies and a lot of like freedom um, and like equality um, marches and speeches. But he was eventually shot by someone like in the crowd um, and kind of like di- like died like a martyr. So um, a very like interesting uh, perspective to just like kind of really put your life on the line for equality so I think that's kind of like why I picked uh, him and I think there's just a certain strength that goes and courage that goes into um, pursuing something in an off in an office where you'll be like the first ever and it's you know not widely accepted um, and uh, eventually like you know yeah putting your life on one yeah yeah I think it's like to be like out um and still like pursuing your purpose kind of i think that's a huge difference you can make because it's like um living by example kind of Mm -hmm. which you know like i think that's one of the most powerful things people can do for like gay youth Mm -hmm. is to have a, a role model of just someone who's like no like fuck you i am who i am and it's fine um, I think that's really powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like large in part to the story. There's definitely other specifics, but yeah, again, I highly recommend Milk to anybody. Uh, and watch it if you would like. Cool. All right, so my second one is Alan Turing. Um, and if you don't know him, he's a very famous mathematician. Um, so he's kind of. 1900s era um he studied mathematics uh he was born in 
London. He graduated at King's College in Cambridge um, with a degree in mathematics. Um, so he invented the Turing machine, which is like the first computer, you know, using like, I'm pretty sure he used binary, like logic gates and stuff, like the very basis of like what's in like a processor chip now. So like a hugely important invention. And then not only that, but he also, um, didn't he help invent the Enigma machine, which helped decode Nazi communications and stuff and help give the upper hand to... I think the Turing machine was what broke Enigma, because Enigma was the German um, coding machine. Um, and oh right, sorry, yeah, okay. If, if you're looking for again another another good movie, The Imitation Game. Uh, yeah, uh, I watched that one, but it's been a few years. Yeah. So yeah, he helped solve really critical messages um, that helped the Allies defeat the Axis powers, including yeah. the Battle of Atlantic. Um, so hugely important in computing, mathematics, and the state of our world today. So <laughs> overall, pretty powerful. Um, he was prosecuted in 1952 for homosexual acts. Um, and so he accepted hormone treatment, a procedure commonly referred to as chemical castration, and as an alternative to prison. And he died in 1954 from cyanide poisoning and um, may have been suicide, but it could be accidental poisoning. But... Um, a law came into place in 2013, I think. Um, oh, no, 2017, called the Turing Law, which is used to pardon people who were um, convicted of any like homosexual acts in the past. So actually, in 2017, throwback to Oscar Wilde, he got pardoned for gross indecency or whatever. Oh, so he well. pardoned everyone that was ever like... Yeah. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. Um and that was, um, I think, as a result of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. The second? He was granted a pardon first, sorry, in 2013, but the law that granted pardons to a broader range of people convicted of homosexual acts was in 2017. It's called the Turing Law. So that's a pretty impactful legacy to have. And I think, didn't the imitation game touch on that a little bit? Very little, like at the end. It wasn't definitely wasn't the focus point. Yeah, which I think some people maybe there was was there some controversy around that or Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was definitely like they wove in they wove sorry, they wove weaved in, weaved in. <laughs> they weaved in <laughs> um, they the story of like the like his this like gay like kind of narrative like of him with like his schoolboy like chum and him being in love with him right but it was very like subtle but I mean that's kind of probably what it was like at the time like it wasn't like you were like like going out to like bars necessarily and like hitting on like random guys and stuff it was like all very like subtle and that yeah they just like hinted on it but it was mostly it was really focused on like the enigma machine cracking that code like very focused which i do appreciate because it like shows it's like yes he was gay but there's also like he was like a prolific person and he was gay like it's not it wasn't like like what he did and his brilliance was also like very very important to like um the world. display and they also still coupled it with like he was like he was gay and this is what happened to him and it was wrong type of deal so I thought they did a pretty good job I mean I like it would it would be interesting to know more about like 
his like love life or like how that worked with working like to cracking like the codes and like like you know deciphering enigma but yeah is what it is yeah but yeah i don't know very interesting like basically is the reason why world war ii ended up going the way it was was like a huge like part without it i don't know if, if uh the world would look the same so very yeah very important very iconic and then it also yeah it just leaves like a bad taste in your mouth that then like he had like these huge achievements but then they just like turn around and like you know but that's like a lot of military achievements it seems like society doesn't like support its veterans very well so it like makes me i'm like not terribly surprised but yeah he like made like a huge difference but i don't know if it, it was really like communicated until that movie came out that like how important it was unless you were like specifically in math and engineering but yeah yeah so i think we had a good mix of of gay icons i feel like one note would be that we both kind of chose people that were more like historic rather than like lady gaga or like you know yeah but i would say like those are kind of in a different class from these like people that we're talking about right and i think I imagine, like, when Lady Gaga passes, like, she'll still earn a place in, like, like, that culture because she's, like, used her artistry and her music to also bring equality. Like, For sure. Born This Way is, like, iconic and it was made during still a time where, like, discrimination happened and still does. So, um, for sure, like, anyone like, you know, Madonna, Britney Spears, like, they're all, they're all great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's definitely different, like, historical like if you fought for like equality for the community like with your life or with something of imprisonment yeah that's like a different uh a different level at least in my mind yeah it's just crazy to think about like the world we would live in if those people didn't exist or if we were just born like 30 years ago yeah i mean i think in england it was only 1967 that um homosexuality was decriminalized and that was yeah less than 30 years before I was born so it's not surprising when you think about like our parents generation like still being homophobic in a lot of ways but then you think about the progress that we have made and you're like okay actually there's a level to that but then it's like why do you care about how someone else lives their life as long as they're like happy and not hurting someone else like I literally that's my principle towards anything it's like Let's all just be... I agree with that. Lives. But I'm also like, people have cared about how other people have lived their lives since, like, the beginning of time. I know. I get Which it. is stupid. Yeah. Because it's like, live your life. Like, treat yourself. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's that other one? <laughs> Shake your ass at Old Navy. <laughs> yeah. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas, treat yourself. <laughs> Fine leather goods, treat yourself. Yeah, I think people just have like a natural fascination with other people. I think it's part of like what forms our like social structure, right? Like back to like the primitive days. So I think people are always interested in what other people are doing. But like, do you have a place governing it? Not if it doesn't hurt anyone, that's what I think. Yeah, but I think it all just stems from, like, yeah, really, like, white 
white straight men like making calling the shots in society and then like that's constantly like you're trying to pick away at that and like build a diverse society but it's so hard when it's like it's already built like built in so yeah i think that's just the frustrating part because it's like that's always the benchmark it's like well like i'm a white straight male and then that's different than me in this capacity so like that shouldn't be allowed and then you break down that barrier and then it's like, well, this shouldn't be allowed and they have to break down that barrier. So it's like constantly like trying to push forward and like change perspective on uh, like a society that's built by like everyone being the same thing. Yeah. At such a high level. And then like, yeah, just constantly having to break the like glass ceilings. I really think though that like in like 30 years, um, when a lot of like the baby boomers have you know passed away and kind of thing i think the world will be quite changed yeah i agree i don't know i think just everything's gonna be very interesting from like politics to who gets like voted in like i can't really see some like 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 unless republicans completely transform like who they are i can't see them like the the republicans like winning or keeping a lot of like seats in any capacity or like winning elections like in 10 20 years unless they like pivot but anyways that's a whole other shout out to all of our american listeners um yeah <laughs> but it's the same here like it's the same in canada like yeah i can't see conservatives really winning like as time goes on but maybe i could be around like it depends how like liberal like you know candidates do as well so we'll see We'll see where we end up. Anyways, this is going off on a tangent. Um, so thank you for listening in. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Yeah, sounds good. Take it easy. All right, see you guys.